spirituality, how I approach this term or this word, which really is a modern term for mysticism, is the study of what cannot be directly measured by the intellect, therefore by extension technology or modern day science. Which essentially means that by being spiritual or practicing spirituality, we are reaching for a state of existence. We are reaching to have a level of consciousness that is beyond just the physical universe. So beyond our circumstances, beyond our situations, beyond our minds, beyond our bodies, beyond our intellect, which also means beyond our ego. And this is one of the most challenging parts of spirituality. I speak from personal experience, and we will get into that a little later. But essentially, spirituality means reaching for something greater than yourself, whatever that means for you, whatever is greater than yourself, reaching for that. What's interesting is the root word of spirituality, which is spiritus, and it comes from the Latin breath. I feel like this is very symbolic and very beautifully represents what spirituality means. It means to have cycles of ascension and descension. It means to have inhales and exhales as a general rule across all dimensions. And this is where we have the law of the spiral or the wave come in. If you've listened to the episode Universal Laws, it's summarized in there very nicely. So spirituality essentially goes along this flow of ascension and descension cycles. And just like how your own breath changes based on your physiology, either we're breathing more quickly, we're breathing more slowly, so too does your journey along the spiritual path also have fluctuations and also change in intensity and frequency. If we zoom out and consider a larger example of ascension and descension cycles or a larger example of something that is spiritual, at least per my understanding, let's consider Mother Earth herself. She has ascending and descending cycles. That's why we say Mother Earth breathes. The Earth is breathing. Because even if we go beyond literal breathing, like the animals and the plants that exist on this planet, we can look at geological formations. We can look at the ascending cycles of volcanoes or colliding plates when mountains are created. And then, of course, the counterpart to that, the descension of these formations, the landslides, the earthquakes. Spirituality is about always reaching for that which is beyond this universe which means there's going to be good times, there's going to be bad times. You're going to face light and dark aspects of yourself, and we are going to get into this as well. But essentially, we are reaching for wholeness. We are reaching for that collective consciousness, for that oneness, for that feeling of being bonded to absolutely everything else that is conscious. In other words, everything else that breathes, everything that is spiritus everything that contains spirit. 
This is also why the breath in certain civilizations has been considered our direct link to spirituality. And another reason why it's important to practice certain breathing exercises, which again, not just alone a breathing exercise, this can be physical activity, a type of sport that you play that's going to affect your breathing, right? That's a breathing exercise. You're practicing a certain rhythm of being, which is represented in how much air you give and get in. So when we reach for spirit or when we reach to be spiritual or connect to spirituality, essentially what we're doing is by reaching for this, we are shedding any separations, any divisions, any fragmentations, right? The opposite of what is whole, the opposite of what is one, the opposite of what is more detailed and something that is more general. In modern literary terms, these ascension and descension cycles are very much represented in mythology or legends or stories, fairy tales. We have the light side, the good side, the heroes. That represents ascension. That represents the good and and defeat and victory and all of these things that movies are about. And then we have descension cycles. We have representations of descension like hell and demons and the underworld and that which is dark and that which is evil and that which is bad. So we've seen in society and in our media this idea very much split and very much dichotomous. And because of this, there are some misconceptions that can be quite misleading when it comes to understanding concepts that are considered to be spiritual or considered to have elements of spirituality, which, by the way, does not necessarily make them accurate. And we're going to talk about false light a little later. So the first thing is a common misconception that's very popular and that continues to circulate which is that if you're spiritual or if you practice reaching beyond the physical universe to tap into a greater force, that you are focusing only on love and light. Because we've all heard of enlightenment or nirvana or heaven, right? This representation of absolute ascension. Yet we neglect to acknowledge that there is a dark side, which is called shadow work. And... When we tap into this belief that it has to be about love and light, we're going to be misled into thinking that it has to feel good, that if it feels uncomfortable or unpleasant, that it's bad, that it's evil, that we must box it away and push it to the side and not deal with it. But essentially what we're doing is we're creating an even bigger fragmentation within ourselves because instead of reaching for wholeness, which means accepting all of these parts of yourself, acknowledging them, validating them, processing them, then integrating them, we are instead rejecting those parts of ourselves that I have labeled dark or bad. And this is called the shadow self. And I'll just hold on to and nurture the love and light parts of myself because that feels better and that feels good. The reason this can be dangerous is because it can lead to spiritual bypassing. Spiritual bypassing essentially is a form of escapism. Instead of processing difficult situations, difficult emotions, and integrating your shadow 
we avoid changing our behaviors because, well, it has to be all love and light. And this doesn't feel like that. So it must not be good. I reject you. And we fall into that cycle and we continue to fragment ourselves within ourselves even more because this gap between our light and our shadow just keep growing. And that's why as a stereotype, a lot of the times you'll hear serial killers are, or psychopaths are people who have rejected and neglected so much their shadow work or themselves that that's how much the resistance is to snap back into balance that these kinds of acts are committed or these kinds of urges come into existence. Consider the yin-yang for a moment. Visualize the yin-yang. What makes this so beautiful is that it's very balanced. It represents harmony. And mind you, light and dark are not mutually exclusive. There's a bit of darkness in the light. There's a bit of light in the darkness. When we reach for wholeness, what we're doing is reaching for this yin-yang balance. And depending on which, uh, which side is nurtured more, like this uh, proverb, the, you have a good wolf and a bad wolf, and the one that wins is the wolf that you feed more. So just like that, you can see how a yin-yang can get distorted if there's too much darkness or if there's too much light. This is similar to the tree analogy, that if you want your branches to reach all the way into the sky, into the heavens, you must have roots that grow as deep into hell. You need that balance. You need that harmony. If you think about it, a tree that has very superficial or not very strong roots, it's likely to topple over at the slightest wind. But a tree that has very deep ingrained roots that's very much tied into the earth, which on a grander scale, again, the earth is breathing. All of these root systems communicate with each other underground. It's like the nervous system of the earth. It's quite beautiful. When the roots are stronger, then they can grow even taller up top. It has more sturdiness, more balance. In the same way, being misled into thinking that spirituality is all about love and light and what feels good means we're going to neglect our shadow and that needs attention and work as well. If we are reaching for wholeness, we will no doubt come across and press upon our shadows over and over and over again, more the more we ignore it or resist it. It's going to come back even harder. So the yin yang is essentially what we're aiming for, that balance, that harmony. And that's what, that's what is meant by spiritual or spirituality is reaching for that wholeness and that harmony. Consider also the example of a flame, a candle flame that ignites in the middle of a dark room. What happens in that moment? The moment you ignite a flame, the moment you have an idea or an impulse, what happens? A candle flame lights up in the middle of a room. And immediately we see all of the shadows of every single object in that room. So again, where there is light, there must be darkness and in balance, preferably in alignment more or less as we go. And to reach that alignment or that balance, again, we are being quote unquote spiritual. We are practicing reaching to a state of existence that is beyond this physical universe where things are more connected and more whole. And from that perspective, 
working on ourselves from that perspective, seeing where there are misalignments or which side is imbalanced and needs more work when we are reaching for objectivity. A common practice for reaching towards this greater force is meditation. And there's a lot of misunderstanding around this as well. Meditation is commonly understood as a form of practice, but in reality, it's a state of being. So there's this misconception that you need to sit down cross-legged, put your hands in certain position, close your eyes and just sit like that for a certain period of time. And that's the way to practice meditation or that's the way to be quote unquote spiritual. In reality, that's just one way of tapping into a certain state of being. And the state of being is one of non-attachment, not to be confused with detachment. Detachment is where there is a magnetic pull or there is an attachment of some sort, but you are deliberately keeping it at a distance. You are detaching. You're doing the opposite of attaching. Non-attachment is letting it come and go as it does without personally building any hold on it either way. So let that external experience or let that external person attach or come and go as they do. Let the feeling come and go as it does. Let the thoughts come and go as they do without tapping into one more than the other and keeping your state of attention in the present moment rather in all of these internal things that are happening. So that's a state of being. That's a state of non-attachment. During ascension phases of the spiritual experience, we are reaching for the love and light. We're reaching for forgiveness. We're reaching for compassion. All of those things that are truly uniting and bring us into wholeness. They bring us into union with something greater than is ourselves. It's like staring at the night sky and you feel so tiny and small in the universe and things really come into perspective for you. That's meditation. False light attempts to do that by keeping you in the superficial physical universe. So remember that spirituality is about reaching beyond the physical universe and tapping into the forces beyond the physical universe. One of the reasons why false light can be so deceiving and can be so misleading is because during false light experiences, we have what's called false peak experiences, which in terms of enlightenment and in terms of ascension means having reached a new level of operating system or a new level of consciousness or understanding or feeling. You know, a lot of people call this epiphany and upgrading overall our vibration. And from that growing and expanding and developing ourselves more and evolving. False peak experiences perhaps try to emulate that, but in reality, it's a high coming from your ego. So let's say if you win the lottery, um, your life isn't going to change all that much in terms of who you are, right? But you're going to experience this this feeling of surreal or um, out of this world or in shock, I can't believe it. 
And that's a type of high. It's an amazing high. You just won the lottery, but that's an ego-based peak experience versus a deeper inner change, like having achieved a personal goal or having achieved some sort of inner state that nothing around you even has to change and you already feel like you're on cloud nine. So true light is an inner force. False light is often an external force. False light experiences are going to be questionable. Some part of you will know something feels off. And again, there might not be any logical fallacy, but it just something doesn't feel right. Um, it promises fulfillment. It offers guarantees. Uh, it's like a salesman. You know, there's a, this is a reason to do it. This is a reason to do it. This is a reason to do it. Rather than it being a personal conscious choice, rather than being guided compassionately or reaching the state of wholeness, which includes surrender and self-acceptance. False light often comes from a different angle and encourages separation or hierarchy. Things like building your self-image, things like your reputation, uh, becoming rich and famous, you know, getting that really, really expensive car. Uh, things that represent a false sense of inner achievement. False light shouldn't get a bad rep though because it's a very important teacher in discernment. How do you know what is your path unless you've gotten lost? How do you know you're right unless you've been wrong? How do you learn? How do you grow? Through failure, through error, through mistakes. Again, through things that we often push or shove away in our shadow and we don't want to look at it. When in reality, it's part of the journey in reaching for that wholeness, in reaching for spirituality, in, for example, connecting with Mother Earth and how she breathes, right? That's so much larger than ourselves. That's an entire planet. Uh, by connecting to an even greater force, by connecting to our ancestors, right? Our grandparents, our great-grandparents, by reaching beyond just our little selves and to something much greater. Fun fact, why are alcohols called spirits? And this is a fun thing to research because I myself didn't know the origins. And after a basic internet search, this is what I came across. Alcohols are called spirits because they are believed to hold the life force of the plant or grain from which it is derived. So in conclusion, spirituality, which again is just a modern term for mysticism, it's about reaching for something that is greater than the physical universe, whatever that is, however that is perceived or understood or accessed. It's about reaching for that and, and coming back to reaching for that. It exists beyond and through the physical universe. And again, if we look at the origins of the word spirituality, we have the breath, ascension, descension cycles, inhales and exhales. It's a constant practice. We must keep coming back to ourselves over and over. This is how we get good at it. This is how we practice. This is how our skill improves. And in general, it stimulates personal growth and expansion, which is where the shadow work comes in, especially for today's day and age, when for some reason that's very much neglected and therefore very much becoming a problem. At the end of the day, 
when we reach for that force, those greater forces that exist beyond the physical universe, when we practice spirituality, in other words, we're essentially aiming to be a balanced and harmonious yin-yang, to have our light aspects and our shadow aspects as much in alignment as possible, in harmony, in balance, all the while accepting any imbalances that come along the way and doing the necessary work, whether it's light work or shadow work, to, to essentially become more whole, more balanced, and more in harmony. So that's just a little bit about spirituality. Why not, why not add a voice into the conversation? So thank you so much for listening and until next time.